Hey everyone, welcome back to the Run With Toby podcast. I'm excited to bring you another episode of our podcast. And for those of you who are just uh, joining us for the very first time, this podcast is a little bit different. It's actually meant to have a much smaller audience. Uh, We decided to build this podcast for our clients, our previous clients, our current employees, our previous employees, any partners that we work with. Ultimately, the goal of this podcast is we want to learn more about our clients and share some of the projects that we're working with with some of our clients, with some of our other clients. We also know that you have a very close working relationship with a lot of our employees and we want you to get an opportunity to know some of our employees and kind of like what makes them tick. And then lastly, like the goal of this podcast is actually to have Toby or us learn more about you as clients or partners or even some of our employees. So for today's podcast, we actually have a special guest. His name is Jeremy Hong. He is one of our lead strategists in our resident HubSpot Ninja at Toby Agency. And yeah, for those of you who haven't guessed, uh, Jeremy is my brother. Uh, It probably means that he has the most dirt on me than anybody else at this company. Um, Hopefully, we won't get into too much of that on today's podcast. Uh, But Jeremy, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Andrew. Happy to be here. Uh, so let's just start, you know, real easy. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, where are you from? Uh, where Where do you live now? Sure. So right now I'm living in Culver City, California. So that's that's in West LA. Um, I or we were both born in the Bay Area of California. Um, we lived there until about 2000. Yeah, it was Y2K, and then we <laughs> moved to North, Northern Virginia. I graduated high school in Virginia, and then I actually came back to Southern California with my parents, and Andrew actually stayed out there. So yeah, when I came to California, I came here to go to school or go to college, and um, I actually started as a biomed major, and I wasted <laughs> like two and a half or three years doing that before I finally basically just accepted that it wasn't for me. It's not for most people to be yeah. honest with you, right? So. Yeah. yeah. So um, after that, I actually changed my major to marketing and I transferred down to uh, CSU Northwood, Northridge, where I eventually graduated. Cool. Um, so you've got a degree in marketing, you're working in marketing now, right? Yep. Which is a very different departure for me because I got a finance degree and somehow ended up in marketing. Um, yeah, yeah. So that I don't, there was a lot of twists and turns to getting there. <laughs> I never mm-hmm. actually thought I would end up running a marketing agency of all things. Um, uh, but good to see that you actually had changed majors and are actually doing the work that you know you wanted to do. So that's cool to see. So when you're not working, you know, how do you spend your free time? You know, what kind of hobbies do you have? So I've always been into like PC gaming, um, but really over the past year, I've picked up like a bunch of hobbies and I'm, I'm guessing I'm probably not really alone there. Pan- um, I'm, think, I'm assuming free time on yeah, your hands from, from a pandemic, a global pandemic. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yep. Just being, being stuck at home. Yep. Um, but yeah, you know, over the course of the pandemic, I've kind of really gotten into, I've fallen into a few different rabbit holes, one of them being like researching and learning it learning about cryptocurrency um and then another one is just mechanical keyboards and and like do it do it yourself stuff just building things um i've always liked building things and i think that's kind of why i like working within hubspot because Uh, it allows me to you know 
build things or take things from a concept and then create it into something that actually has a purpose. Yeah. So I remember from when, when we were kids, uh, like you were very hands-on, like tactile with things like soldering things together and, um, you know, working on things that had a lot of them, like mechanics to them, like mechanical mm -hmm. pieces to them. Right. And it's interesting that you kind of draw that analogy to HubSpot. So you kind of like you're, the way your mind works is sort of like you like to build things, whether they're tactile things that you can hold or more engineer like digital things, right? Yeah. yeah so what what yeah. what about it is what about that kind of stuff interests you? Is it the problem solving piece of it? Is it the um, you know more of the there's some hand-eye coordination that has to happen with some of the stuff, right? I mean, mm -hmm. what about it? Uh, like, what, why do you like to do that kind of stuff? So yeah, I think it's definitely the problem solving thing. Um, I, I love, I'm, I'm a problem solver. I like to solve problems. I also like to see things come together. And um, I, I like seeing how like one plus one can equal three. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. yep. So, yep. Um, so in building things, I kind of get a chance to get creative with the way that I build it, mm -hmm. but I also get to see that there's, you know, there's a purpose and a real use case for it. Yeah. And I, I guess that's, that's interesting. Cause like a lot of times there's no one way to do anything in HubSpot, right? There's always multiple ways to do something in HubSpot. So, you know, a lot of times our clients, they come and ask us like, how do we do this? And uh, it's not that we just kind of pick a solution out of our pocket. It's like, Sometimes we have one part of a solution that worked for one client and then another part of a solution that worked for another client. And then it's figuring out like almost how to combine those solutions, whether it's through a workflow or creating custom properties or like rejiggering objects within HubSpot, right? So there's yeah, a lot yep, of problem totally. solving that has, that's all like marketing automation is really, it's problem solving, right? How do I... Mm -hmm build something with the right logic to repeat this sort of task over and over again, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Cool. So um, what are some shows that you're binging right now or that you've enjoyed binging over and over again? So right now I'm currently in the middle of watching The Wire. Mm -hmm. um, yep. It's kind of an old one, but I, I never watched it and started watching it. And then, you know, obviously I got sucked into it. Um, another one that, you know, obviously the Mandalorian on Disney plus that, that was a great show. Um, really excited for the next season for that as well. And then like one guilty pleasure I've kind of just picked up is that new, uh, Mighty Ducks show on Disney plus. A, I didn't know there was, what is that about? It's, um, I mean, Emilio Estevez is in Oh, it. are you serious? How, how yeah. old is he yeah, now? Pretty, how old does he look now? He looks pretty old. Okay, He's probably like, probably like like 50s I don't, okay. I don't know maybe maybe 40s 50s yeah. um but yeah he's it's basically about him coming back as a, a kids coach mm. um after like going on hi hiatus after coaching college and stuff but i don't know it's 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 a it's a pretty cool show you might like it it's a family it's like a kids family type show okay but, um Do they... but yeah I, I don't know i, I love that movie as a kid so yeah um, so yeah, I don't know. I've been really, really enjoying it. Are there a lot of references back to the original, like the original movies? Yeah. So it's kind of a spoiler, but they actually, 
I don't know if they're going to be in the entire season, but they actually brought like a bunch of the players. Oh my god! From the movies. Into so those, the show I mean, those well, guys have so. got to be like thirty plus, maybe forty years old now. Yeah, yeah, they look like they're in probably in their thirties, late thirties. Oh my gosh, that's crazy! <laughs> Holy cow, those. Let me think. Those movies came out in the '90s, right? Like yeah. early to mid '90s, yeah. I think. Right? Yeah, I think there was. I mean, there was. I forget how many there even were, three? but there was. Maybe? I know there was at least. Yeah, two. there was. A, there was at least three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's kind of crazy that they're almost thirty years old, or the movies are. Yeah. <laughs> um, anything else that you like to do to like decompress and relax? You know, uh, outside of um, some of the things you just talked about. Yeah. So. Um, you know, being in LA, we're pretty fortunate to live around, you know, a lot of cool stuff, um, a lot of cool places to go. So, um, that's one of the, that's one of the things I love to do is just go on little day trips, um, you know, check out new places, explore. That's the main one. Yeah. I think the cool thing about LA is that like, you're just, and actually this is one of the reasons why they film so many movies in Southern California is because, one second you look like you're in a place like in the Swiss Alps or, mm-hmm. you know, the next, the next second you're like in the middle of the Sahara desert and the next one you're like on the coastline, you know? And so yeah. they're yeah. all within like four to six hours of each other. So like, we're really fortunate that we've got all this. It's like the place where you can ski or snowboard in the morning and, you know, yeah, surf exactly. in the afternoon. Yep. Right. That's, that's the, yep. that's the California dream, I guess sometimes for some people. Right. <laughs> Yep, yep. So I've been asking people this, uh, everyone that we've been interviewing this question, but uh, how have you been handling the pandemic? Um, you know, I think everyone has got certain like different life situations at home. Like uh, you don't have kids, right? Um, you know, you're you're living with your girlfriend right now. But um, how have you guys been handling the pandemic? Any positive things that have maybe emerged from it at all, or you know, just ready for this damn thing to be over? Yeah. I- I think I'm just ready for this damn thing to be over. But yeah. uh, honestly, I've I've always been a very very introverted person, um, and I don't know. This pandemic was kind of like it pushed me more into my introversion. <laughs> you know, no, obviously. I remember when this thing first happened. It was like uh, there were a lot of like memes or just like social posts out there about like the mm. pandemic is like the introverts like dream situation right like don't have to talk to anybody don't have to uh like do a lot of social interaction we can all just hole up in our homes and focus on ourselves now basically so like after this pandemic like you know all these introverts who are like all fresh and like ready to go right you know what i mean (laughs) you know all the extroverts (laughs) are like you know running ragged or whatever right yeah yeah you know it's it's interesting so you're in a client services business you have to interact and talk and socialize with a lot of our clients, right? And that can be very tiring and, in fact, anxiety-causing for people who are introverts, right? And I generally think that in the business world, it doesn't matter if you're in manufacturing or marketing or technology. The world, the business world tends to favor people and give preference to people who are extroverts, right? And um, there's a lot of books and things like that written on this. Um, so for you, as someone who's you know a self-proclaimed introvert, how do you kind of manage that? Seeing that you've constantly got to be like working with clients, right? And you've got to like communicate with them and interact with them. 
So I think I think for me as an introvert, like it, it's exhausting when I don't have an existing relationship with the person. You know, uh, like when I don't know them. Um, like I'm I, I'm definitely introverted in the sense that I I don't really like small talk. Yep. Um, and I don't know. I think actually being an introvert and kind of knowing that about myself, it kind of helps me realize that I need to kind of build a relationship with the people that I'm working with yeah. so that I feel comfortable speaking with them and, you know, speaking my mind or being able to convey issues when it might not necessarily be comfortable for, you know, either of us. Um, so, yeah, I think I think the big thing for me is about, you know, not letting or not getting exhausted from being an introvert and working with, you know, a bunch of people is just build, building that relationship. So that's a really good, actually, you bring up a really good point there because it's not exhausting as an introvert to interact and socialize with people that you want to, right? <laughs> like if they're a friend or a client that you really enjoy. And I think a lot of times our clients may not realize, but the onboarding period to a new project or a new client, it's just exhausting from an agency standpoint, period, right? It's probably the the single most difficult part of running engagements with our clients, which is getting the project planned, getting it strategized, getting it onboarded, and just getting it ready to be executed, right? Yeah, just getting aligned before yeah. you know, getting into the meat of things. And a lot of times, right, you are sometimes in the face of a new client and there's that kind of nervousness that, oh man, like, you know, how do they see us or am I going to say the right thing or right, more importantly, yeah. are they even going to like me? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or like, or like working with me. So I think that causes a lot of anxiety um, in general, right? Especially for someone right. who's an introvert, like trying to build a new mm -hmm. relationship. And, um, you know, I, I got to say though, Jeremy, like, you know, the client accounts that you're on have been some of our longest standing client accounts. And I think, a lot of what I try to tell our strategists and our staff for that matter is to not have transactional relationships with our clients, right? And it's not just about getting the work done, but it's about building a relationship with them, building a partnership with them. And like we've always kind of defined a partnership is, hey, we enjoy the wins together and we, we take the losses together, right? And um, from your perspective, like when you take the losses together, um, what are some examples of that where you've had to like put in some extra hours that were not in scope, you know, particularly in scope or anything like that? Um, do you deal with situations like that? And, you know, how do you handle them? And what's your sort of attitude towards them? Yeah. So, I mean, if there's a problem with one of my clients, you know, obviously it's not that it falls on me to solve it, but obviously I want to be involved with figuring it out or helping them figure it out, yep. you know? And, you know, I think there is, you know, as you kind of, just said, you know, building that relationship with my clients has been, um, it's been helpful because, you know, they trust me more, I trust them more. Um, and I feel like we're just able to move a little bit quicker together when we have that trust with each other. And like having that, that comfort or being comfortable to call out issues um, as we see them, I think it, it benefits our clients because, you know, obviously, they see that we are we're looking for the issues for them, you know, so it's they know that they're not alone. You know what I mean? Um, like we're, we're looking at things from a marketing, a growth perspective. 
um, and we help them kind of figure those things out so that um, it's just one less thing that they they have to worry about. Yeah, and you know, a lot of and what that ultimately means to us as an agency is, hey, sometimes we're doing work that's not scoped. You know, something came up that we didn't anticipate, and um, you know, sometimes it's a big enough thing where we have to rescope the project. But generally speaking, it's like, hey, even though we weren't scoped to do this, we see this as an issue. If you need some help with it, we'll we'll, we'll at least give you some advice on how to close it, right? Exactly. I think yep. like again that idea of like if I were to work for you in your in your marketing department, like I wouldn't say no, I'm not going to deal with that because that's not part mm -hmm. of my you know we're a team, and so yeah. I think that concept of like going to build things together as a team is really important because we want to kind of be like the outsourced marketing department for you know for you know for our clients. I think the introvert thing was a really interesting discussion because I myself am a pretty introverted person and a lot of people may, you know, that might be surprising to a lot of folks because I talk to so many of our clients and build so many relationships. But it's something that for me personally, like I've evolved over the years. I remember, man, when I first started Toby and I was just doing cold calls and booking meetings, like I would get so nervous, like have so much anxiety before a meeting to the point where I'd like be thinking about what to say on the meeting the day before, you know, mm -hmm. and it just, you know, as I've gotten more used to just putting myself more in those situations, it's become like less exhausting, but I'm still the kind of person where if I can just spend a Saturday reading a book, I'd be happy doing that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yep. I like to do things that are more like individual things, like play golf, for example, right? Or go out mm -hmm. for a drive or something like that, right? Because for me, having that sort of like time to myself is that that's what clears my head, right? Some people like to jump in with a group of friends and that's what clears their head. But for me, like I need to have just kind of that alone time, right? Yeah. So, uh, so have you have yeah. you have you always been that way? Have you always been an introvert? Or I think or so. Would you say yeah. you kind of shifted. Yeah, I think so. Um, I never. I don't think I ever like. Yeah, even in college and things like that. Like I always, I didn't like to be in gigantic groups. You know, so I had a very mm. small like core group of friends. I knew a lot of. I, I know a lot of people. Right, I have a lot of people in my network. But the mm -hmm. folks who I call and text and like stuff like that on a normal basis is like very, very, very small, you know. But I think in just, hey, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you're going to start a business, you just got to accept the fact that we live in kind of an extroverted, biased world. And, you know, I, I just learned that, hey, I'm an introvert, but I've got to learn how to adapt. And I can't stress over being an extrovert, so I got to learn how to manage the anxiety that kind of comes along with that, you know. So that, for me, has been a lot of like, personal growth um, on my end. And, you know, it's the same thing. You just keep lifting weights over and over and over again, and you kind of work that muscle and it just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's interesting, you know, and I, and I would say, you know, in general, I think a lot of our folks at Toby are a little bit more introverted, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, you know, there's some positives sure. and negatives to that, right? But I think learning how to, and that's why I think one of our values of self-awareness is important, right? Because you got to kind of understand that, hey, if I'm an introvert, like I can kind of be perceived like this by other folks, right? right. So yep. um, cool. Well, I kind of want to talk a little bit about marketing technology because that's 
obviously what your superpower is at Toby. So, you know, we work pretty heavily with HubSpot as a platform. I would say probably over the last two or three years, there's been enormous evolution for HubSpot as a platform. And I just wanted to get your take on sort of like what you saw in HubSpot when they first started, kind of like where they are now, and where do you think they're going as a technology platform? Yeah, so from my perspective, um, HubSpot kind of started more as a tool. And then, you know, it's really shifted into becoming like an entire platform. You know, it's really evolved into becoming an entire platform. Um, and actually on that note, you may have noticed that HubSpot now refers to itself as a CRM platform. Um, and I think the reason for that is that kind of implies that your customers should really be at the center of all of your hubs yep. um, and like their related initiatives. And know? before they were kind um, of referring to themselves like a marketing sales, like customer success yep. automation platform as opposed right. to a CRM platform, right? Mm -hmm. And the difference in that is that HubSpot is now trying to become like essentially the central repository for all prospect and customer data, right? Yep. So, you know, if you need QuickBooks to pull data from HubSpot, you want your data to all live in HubSpot, right? For invoicing information. If you want all your customer success or ticket information to live in HubSpot, it can live there and actually interact with some of the sales data, right? So mm -hmm. it gives, I think it gives companies an opportunity to centralize their data so that marketing, sales, and customer success can all kind of talk to each other in the same place. Yeah, another thing I've kind of been noticing is, or I'm sure you know most people have noticed is, um, HubSpot has also kind of grown from something for small and medium-sized businesses to something that can that can actually scale with you from a small business into the enterprise level as well. Or if you're already enterprise, there's probably yeah, some yep. out-of-the-box features that you know HubSpot can probably uh, that you can start leverage. Um, I always, you know, you know, because HubSpot, we're a partner of HubSpot, so I'm very keen on the company itself. So I follow a lot of their, you know, analyst reports and, you know, I've been obviously following their stock price and this and that, but it's incredible just to see the growth that they're doing at the enterprise level. Um, before, mm -hmm. like they never were really operating in the same kind of area that Salesforce was operating in. Right. But now they're kind of seen as a competitor, right? Um, yeah, totally. And, yep. and I think a lot of people will realize this, but HubSpot was using Salesforce as a CRM until mm -hmm. HubSpot built their own CRM, right? And so yep. to see that kind of evolution happen, it's like, okay, this company, like they're trying to take on the big dogs right now, right? Mm -hmm. And I think the CEO and CTO, I've always had a lot of respect for Brian and Darmesh because they are the perfect like kind of combination of like a, a business oriented CEO, the guy that gets capital markets and all that kind of stuff with a CTO that truly knows how to build a product, you know what I mean? And understands what's out there in the market. And so I've always had a lot of respect for them as leaders, um, you know, and seeing how to gr like scale a SaaS company, right? Um, and I think when it comes to marketing, like in content marketing, like, you know, HubSpot is 800 pound gorilla, right? That blog, man, is just the domain authority that blog has. It's like the, it's almost like the authority on the internet for marketing, right? Yeah. If you type any keyword related to marketing, you're pretty much going to hit a HubSpot page. Yeah. It's just page. incredible to see like how 
they took that concept of inbound and it's always been there right seo and content and all that but the brand it in this like you know service offering of inbound and the word inbound has always been around as well right but to take this concept of combining all these services together to drive an inbound experience for prospect and customer acquisition um, that is all hubspot right and so many companies are now copying that sort of model as well which is kind of cool to see yeah and in terms of you know going back to your analogy with with how hubspot started on salesforce started using salesforce as its own crm and then hubspot built its own yep. Um, we're seeing HubSpot do that with other other Martech t- tools too, you know. Um, Drift and yeah, and even like with the Ops Hub, you know, the Ops Hub was just released, and yep. you know they have they basically have their own they built their own version of Zapier too, you know. So it seems like as HubSpot grows, they're really pulling in different Martech tools into the platform, you know, so that you really have that all in one solution. Um, for all of your marketing sales and customer success. Yeah. Um, so Jeremy, maybe shed a little bit of light on like, what are some examples of HubSpot work that you do with some of our clients, right? So maybe talk like on the marketing hub, what's some work that you do there in, this, in the sales hub? Like what are some examples of some projects that you work on in those areas? I've, I do a lot of HubSpot implementation. So if we get a new client and... Um, they're either switching to HubSpot or they're, you know, they want to move into HubSpot, then I'll help them get set up. I'll help them. Usually we hold like a workshop, help them or to help us figure out what they need and also to kind of get a better understanding of how they want to use HubSpot. Um, so, yeah, we do implementations. And uh, in terms of the marketing hub, I build different automation, you know, whether it's programming campaigns and building the marketing automation to deliver the emails, you know, building integrations into the marketing hub to, you know, for example, build like an onboarding process where if somebody signs up for a course, they need to receive an email, you know, yep. in terms of the sales hub, I do a lot of sales sequences. Yeah. Sales sequence, sales enablement yep. type stuff, you know, so building um, you know, trying to find efficiencies within the sales process that can be sort of alleviated off of the SDR and kind of built into automation. Um, you know, we we build sales automation to assign territories to contacts or companies, obviously assign those contacts or companies to sales reps. And then in the service hub, you know, we've done a few projects where we build out we essentially build out like a customer success pipeline, right? And that also helps with just making sure that after a deal is closed, you know, that the client is taking the appropriate steps to make sure that that person or that client is happy. So it's like a B2B services company. They just closed a contract, you know, with a prospect and they now a customer. And so now you've got to onboard the customer, right? So there's a whole process and service hub that you can build out to make sure that that handoff happens appropriately. One thing I actually wanted to ask you is that marketing technology is always kind of changing and evolving. I swear a lot of the times, like I have to tell our clients, 
I don't know the answer to that because HubSpot just changed this, right? Yeah. Um, and that actually does happen a lot, right? They're always yeah. pushing out new product updates and something that we had to build a workaround before is now a fully fleshed out feature in HubSpot, right? So mm -hmm. how do you keep up to date with all the new product releases, the trends and all the things that are happening kind of in the CRM and kind of like MarTech world? So within HubSpot specifically, um... You know, like you said, there are a lot of updates, a lot of changes within HubSpot happening pretty consistently. Um, and thankfully, HubSpot does do a great job of keeping us up to date with those things. Outside of HubSpot, in terms of the MarTech world as a whole, um, you know, I subscribe to a few a few different MarTech newsle newsletters and podcasts. If anyone's interested in those, one of them I, I really like is it's called Chief MarTech. Uh, and that's by Scott Brinker. He's the VP of Platform Ecosystem at HubSpot. Um, his blog and newsletter are, you know, he, he puts out great content. And I really look to that blog or that newsletter to, to understand, like, to understand the trends that are happening in MarTech. Whereas in terms of, like, updates or current events within MarTech, um, I also subscribe to a newsletter called MarTech Today. And that one does a great job of kind of just giving me a daily rundown of, you know, what's happening in the MarTech world, like new partnerships, um, new products, key things to look out for, just things like that. Cool. Cool. Um, let's talk a little bit about Toby and your time here. So first question, I'm sure some folks are wondering, um, so, like, What's it like working with another family member and what's like the weirdest part of it? Is it good or bad? Or, and I know this is a little bit of a loaded question, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, should we, should we put an agreement in yeah, place? Yeah, I know, right? Before... <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, no, being completely honest, I think it's, it's been a lot more good than bad. In terms of the good parts, uh, from my perspective, at least, I think, you know, working with Andrew has, it's actually taught us a lot more about each other. You know, we're we're about four and a half years apart, so we've never really we've never really been that close. You know, we've, we've never really hung out with the same people or you know been in the same groups of people. But um, but yeah, I think you know working together, we kind of see we kind of see how each other work. We see their f we see their work ethic. You know, again from my perspective, I've grown a lot more respect for my brother just in seeing you know the way that he carries himself as a business owner, the way that he kind of is able to manage all of us through, um, you know, everything that's going on at Toby. Oh, I also think that like another good thing about, you know, working with a family member is there's just a shared ground. You know, there's, there's a common ground in the sense that we have shared experiences. Um, we certainly have shared values. And I think that that sort of allows us to work a little bit more efficiently or, maybe more effectively together. Um, maybe, I can't really put my finger on it, but I do think that there's, there's something, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, having that, ex that shared experience. Yeah. I mean, I'm always looking for people with good values to recruit into Toby because to be perfectly honest with you, the work that we do, it's not rocket science, right? Like there's a lot of people doing the work we do and as a professional services company, the way we differentiate ourselves is through our people, right? It's the interactions that we, our clients have with our people. A lot of times because our clients are paying us to do work 
that they're outsourcing to us, there's got to be a level of trust there. And I think when some of the values that, you know, be coachable, be accountable, you know, have self-awareness, you know, be willing to experiment and fail fast, you know what I mean? Build community. Like those are all of our values. And I think, you know, finding people, whether they're your family or, you know, outside folks from you know outside of your family, we all end up becoming a family basically, right? Because we share those same kind of common values. And what I've been the happiest about in the evolution of Toby is to actually see that most of our clients, regardless of the strategist or account manager they work with, they all pretty much have a pretty good common experience and the same feedback, which is we see you guys as partners. We love working with you. You guys deliver and say what you guys are going to do. And you actually go above and beyond what you said you were going to do originally. But I think as long as you've got all got those like core sort of values and you understand them as they relate to your company, the family thing shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think I think keeping our values in front of us each week also kind of reinforces them. Yeah, you know? yeah. So like for anyone listening, we have our weekly client services meeting and we basically ask everyone to say, hey, which one of our five values did you exhibit last week? What's the example of it, right? And so that kind of keeps it top of mind for all of us. Uh, last question. Um, so, you know, you kind of started with Toby from our very beginning, basically, right? So how do you think Toby has kind of grown from like a brand culture or like a service offering perspective? It's been a ride for sure. I mean, the first year uh, when I first joined up, it still kind of felt like we were in startup mode. Mm -hmm. yep. um, you know, we didn't have, we, we weren't clearly set on what we were, on, on what we were trying to do. You know, we knew that. We wanted to help, you know, clients grow, um, and we knew that we were, you know, we wanted to use content to kind of spur that growth, but um, we lacked kind of definition around everything. Yep. And then I think as you know, as we started over the years, we've we've started to hit our stride, right? So. Like last year, we made a lot of changes internally um, in terms of building process and just getting things running efficiently so that, you know, obviously so that we can we can work efficiently together. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like especially in this last year, we've really started to find our stride. And the reason for that is because we did the legwork to build that efficiency first, yep. right? Well, Jeremy, thanks for joining us on this podcast. Good to talk to you. And I'm hoping that, you know, some of the folks listening can get a little bit more insight into kind of what you do and, and makes a tick. So uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. Well, thanks everyone for listening to this podcast. This is going to be a monthly podcast and we're going to switch it up. So some months we're, you know, we're going to bring in an employee. Some months we'll bring a client. Some months we'll bring a partner. Um, but you can all be able to listen to this podcast through the link that we're going to send it in. It's not going to be published on Apple Podcasts or Spotify um, because this is more of a private podcast. But hopefully you found some value out of it. And I look forward to uh, producing more episodes and putting them out there for you all to listen to. Take care, everyone. Thanks.